nervous? <laughs> no. Where's your answer? Dennis Beckham, let the ball out! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Oh! oh, no! Oh, yes! He missed it! Welcome to the Suffering from Joy podcast. Uh, plenty of suffering this week at a, a dusty, dusty, near-the-racetrack field uh, across from a Nebraska Furniture Mart in uh, what they're going to tell you is Kansas City, but is actually Bonner Springs, Kansas. Uh, okay, four to one. Um, not a ton to talk about with the game, but uh, joining me is Soldiers Forever, our uh, Josh. How you doing, Josh? Uh, doing as good as I can be after a game like that. Okay, well, the sun's shining. It's, I guess it's starting to get too hot to, to do anything, but uh, Charles Peacock of the False Nine, how are you? Uh, you know, the sun's shining, the compound looks beautiful. We're trying to ignore that last night happened by just airing the like few wins on the season on a loop. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's not a bad start. Um, I do want to kind of do a little bit of a programming note here. We're not going to do, you know, 90 minutes on that game because there's no reason to, and I wouldn't want to listen to it. So I can't imagine anyone else does. Uh, so we're just going to talk a little bit about some general themes. And uh, the other reason we're going to cut this one a little short um, we're going to have some extra content this week. Uh, I've got a couple things about maybe the GM situation, a little thing on FCTO that maybe this week, maybe next week. And uh, we're going to have a wolf in, wolf out debate uh, that maybe got a little strengthened uh, on one side after after last night. But uh, Josh, you want to lead us off after the game? You're ready to throw shit. Did you want to light things on fire? What level of uh, crimes were you willing to commit after uh, watching um, that match? Honestly, the the microcosm of that match for me where I, I hope people are paying attention because th- these are just things that should not be happening at any club, regardless of the situation that they're enduring um, on, in the win loss draw column. Um, Sebastian Driussi sitting with his butt on the pitch, asking for whatever he thought was a, a, a foul or he had some sort of grievance with the official when the ball was in play, they were in the final third. And whenever you're in the final third, you at least have a chance of doing something. And your captain is just sitting there frustrated. Like after that match, having been a person that has worked in jobs before where you love where you are, but you you hate the people that you're working for. I don't know if that's the truth of the situation or whether Juriusi is just not living up to the responsibility of the armband and doing what he needs to do uh, t- to really get this team back on track because he certainly has a part in that. Um, but... People, especially in that age, in that position, with that level of talent, they only act that way if they don't feel seen and they don't feel heard, they don't feel respected, and they also feel personally off their game. Um, yeah, that's that... coming back from injury. Um, mm-hmm. The setup kind of is there was a ticky-tack questionable foul down at the other end. Basically, the exact same thing happened to him, and he didn't get the call. Yeah. And uh, so I don't know if you have the volume up on your broadcast, but Adrian and Kobe Jones were just apoplectic. They were like, okay, yeah, you sit down, you complain a little bit, but he's just staying down there. Like something's got to be up. What's going on? So 
I, I think they're kind of in the same mindset as you. Obviously, they can't say it quite as uh, directly as we can on here. Yeah, and and, and I think um, I, I appreciated John Gallagher's uh, Gallagher's quote after the match where he said, you know, he's not trying to give any emotional answers. Obviously, just played a really crap game. And given the fact that we came back and won 4-3 against them the last time, uh, we met them at Q2 last season. Um, yeah, yeah, you, you can obviously take the vantage point that they left opportunities out there and the players aren't delivering, despite what whatever the tactical coaching managerial situation, whatever, what have you. Like, bad things are happening. We get that. People are going to be emotional. But at, at, least, at, least, at least John put out some sort of attempt to be practical, being like, hey – there's things that we need to do and we aren't doing them right now. Yeah. No um, one's doing their job. Yeah. Um, I actually, I didn't like, you know, end result and watching the entire game. Yeah. It was a horrible game. I thought we were actually pretty good the first or 10, 15 minutes and had a couple chances and we didn't score. And at that point I was like, Oh shit, this is going to get bad in a hurry. Um, that's not even my moment of suffering <laughs> for the week, but uh, Charles, how did you feel about it? I, I think it had a, a theme that we've seen a lot for Austin FC matches, which is there's usually some kind of strong start. And after the strong start, the other team makes an adjustment or two and they no longer look strong. I, I think Kansas City Kansas City had a good idea of how to play against us and had to, and changed it fairly quickly before the Polito goal. And, you know, as much as we talk about, about you know, tactics and strategy, the the issue that as soon as the other team changes anything, Austin can't adjust as something that we have seen as a through line since the start of Josh's tenure. You know, as far as Drew going and, and that kind of behavior, that's obviously unbefitting a captain. I understand that when you're struggling and when uh, things aren't going your way, it's very easy to get down like that because just, you know, the vibes and the attitude are off. Um, but that's when you need a captain. That's when you need leadership. It's it's easy to be captain when you're winning because every because winning solves everything. Then everybody is is happy and they're accepting their roles. But as soon as you start losing, that's when you need leaders to put everybody in place and remind everybody that you know they need to give a hundred percent or even more, and, uh, and and focus on the game and not do things like sit on the field while the ball is ten feet away from you. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we're talking about leadership here, and before the game, we lose Alex Ring. Um, I don't know if that was like a warm-up injury or he was carrying something, decided he couldn't go. Um, groin what demon happened attack. There? Yeah, groin demon attack. Ah! Um, I don't know if people in the stands could hear him or if they're silent killers or what happens, but uh, we need to find an exorcist or whatever you get to uh, to fix those. Um, but no ring. And, I mean, there's other guys who are kind of, you know, Diego's a leader. Um, I know there are plenty of people who kind of have their issues with Julio, but in a lot of ways he's a leader on the team. Um, and I, I just don't know where to go from here because, you know, we kind of give up a silly goal. There's terrible defending. Fine. I said it, you know, last week, there's no fucking way in hell this team can defend in a four. We come out in a four. Um, they could have scored more goals. Uh, I don't know how Josh can't see this. Anybody with eyes who's ever watched a soccer game can see this. Uh, the way we're playing is not sustainable on the back end. Um, and if you want to play like guns blazing, crazy, you know, back and forth um, type of soccer, that's fine, but you got to be able to score more than a goal a game. 
And that doesn't look any more promising than the back end does right now. So I know we're all frustrated and I'm trying not to turn this into a wolf out or anything, but like, you know. No, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that today. I don't, I don't think that's the, the, the biggest problem from this match last night. Uh, what's the biggest I... problem other than everything? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I... here's the thing. I, I, I think there are a lot of problems. I, yeah. I, I think Wolf and his, his strategy and tactics are one of them. I think, you know, not having a settled front office is one of them. Injuries is one of them. Um, especially, you know, losing a starter right before the game. Um, I don't, I don't think the squad squad is quite as strong as we we believe it to be as fans. Um, yeah. You know, I think you know fans typically tend to overrate their own players and underrate other players. Um, so no, I, I don't. I'm not of the belief that firing Wolf and replacing him with whoever is immediately going to fix everything. I don't. No. I think that's kind of naive to think about. But that's absolutely the, naive. <laughs> the, but but the issue is that one that is a problem that can be solved but two it's that as a as a club and as a front office austin needs to establish a clear pecking order bring in guys not just bring in a coach without having a new sporting director or without having a new sporting vision going on because that's that's what we did before we hired wolf before we hired reyna and now we're in this position and we need to have a, a much better club structure in place for whoever the next guy is I mean, does the top level know that though? I'm not even confident. Like pre-court or whoever pre-court plus is calling the shots knows that that that's the. I issue. mean, based on past, I mean, based on past experience, I, I have to agree with you. <laughs> I don't know that they know that. Um, I mean, I don't I don't know if the fans have have something cooking to try to try to explain that to them a little, to them a little bit better. Um, I mean, we know pre-court and a lot of the players and, and, and Charles see a lot of that knowingly um <laughs> and 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 uh and, and Devin and Devin to to that to that end I think this this is just this goes back to something that you and I both agree on it's just like this is just like US men's national team mm-hmm. drama administrative issues uh coaches and players having beef uh for and, fuck's sake, can you guys yeah. be dysfunctional in like a different way? Like just something <laughs> new? Jesus. I don't ask that much, guys. <laughs> or or be dysfunctional like after wins. Like, oh no, like like there's like video of them like getting drunk on Sixth Street after they won. Like that'd be great dysfunction. Or, but like know, this whole like somebody doesn't square a ball for a hat trick, so they flip over the chicken and rice table, even though we win five to one. Something. Oh man. I mean, we'd have to score five goals in a game, I get it, but and we still haven't scored more than two goals in a match since the Jitty hat trick. No, we had uh, more than two. You're right. Sorry. I was thinking two yeah. or more. Yeah, two or more. Um, yep. Okay. More than two. Yeah. Uh, that's coming up on a year rapidly. <laughs> if you... Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're at about three months out from that. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, some of that's the off season, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. We've got a little bit of a break here and... I'm kind of on the fence, and I think this is actually more interesting to talk about than the game. Do you think the break is going to help this team or hurt this team? I'm assuming, you know, Wolf is sticking around until at least the Copa Tejas games. So, we'll, for the sake of argument, we'll say that. Is the break going to, like, help everybody kind of regroup, get a little more healthy? Or is it going to be, like, you know, a week and a half of people just sniping at each other? Uh, obviously, Danny's going away, or he's not going away because they're playing games in the States. But, um, you know, it'll be pretty much the entire team around. I mean, I, I think this is like, you know, turning into it's going to get worse before it gets better. And this is going to be uh, a very angry week. 
I mean, I, I just I just hope that every single one of the players is gonna get off the grid and not be mindlessly scrolling through Twitter, Reddit, whatever else they might be looking at as far as commentary on the team right now and their performance. Because I think that type of that the the verbiage of the fandom and uh, like any any critiques toward the front office or toward player performance that's not what they need to be listening to right now. They just need to be focusing on we're not we're not performing well as a club. That's the obvious thing. Um, our tactics aren't working. Uh, our our defending is really really lazy. Uh, Sporting KC just completely obliterated us on the counter attack. We gave up way too many easy chances. What's a counter attack? <laughs> I was seriously getting um, angry. Yeah. I was watching the uh, St. Louis City and Galaxy game before this recording. And, like, both teams, all they did for the most part was, like, um, you know, City would just counter. That's how they play. But, like, they would get a chance every single time they touched the fucking ball. And I was just losing my mind. Like, why can't we ever do this? Because <laughs> uh, so we don't have fact, pace. There's a... That's that's actually that's part of it too. Uh, I mean, there, it's also a fun fact. There is a um, counterattack jar in the locker room. Every time somebody tries to counterattack, <laughs> they have to put in a hundred dollars. And then at the end of the season, it's going to be for the for the not making the playoffs party. It's uh, it's going to be very full. Uh, it's the only kind of or the uh, kind of inside knowledge we can only get from the false nine. Uh, but well, and I think and I think that was actually an instructive thing in watching yesterday was that we not only got to see a Kansas city team that played very direct. And as soon as they got the ball, they looked up to get forward, you know, but we also saw, you know, Alan Polito's 34, I think at this point. And we saw what a good MLS striker can do, not just in finishing, but in hold up play. And it's just got a reminder that the guys that we currently have just aren't to that level. And that is part of the problem. Yeah, and I mean, let's solve the problems we can solve midseason. We've kind of beat the number nine thing, like, hey, we're stuck with who we're stuck with for now, um, thing to death. But I mean, would you, so you, I just kind of thought of this, but would you kind of take like a mini retreat or a, a mini retirement, as Gary Neville would call it, um, for the whole team? Because this almost feels like a, a team building issue at this point that's possibly fixable, like, you know, go to a ropes course or paintball or some shit like that instead of do some Ted Lasso gimmicky crap instead of just going, well, we're going to work extra hard on the field this week because that's clearly not fucking doing it. Um, I'm, I'm just looking for outside-of-the-box solutions here because I don't... you know, The amount of, like, arm-waving and people just kind of screaming at each other and looking incredulous and, you know, horrible touch, everything like that is it's mental and it's stuff that, like, yeah, you can fix on the field, but, like, they're fucking professional athletes. We know they can make those yeah. passes. It's almost like a collective yips. So, like, I don't... I don't know how you get out of at least that stage of it. I, yeah, I, I wonder how much the locker room... I wonder how much communication there is in the locker room and open communication in a way that, you know, can be constructive. Because waving your arms around the field and yelling at guys isn't a constructive way of, of trying to get the people to play better. Because not every, Also, because not everybody responds to that. You know, some people respond to that by being like, hey, fuck off. Like, I don't give a shit what you have to sell, tell me. And some people are kind of like, oh, you know what? That was right. But it has to come from a place of trusting everybody. And, you know, you, when you watch Austin play, one of the things that sticks out to me is that it's a lot of individuals doing individual actions mm -hmm. and nothing is intertwined. There's no one twos. There's no, um, there's, there's no kind of sense of anticipation or, or trust that something is going to happen. And the, the biggest point in this is when Zardes gets the ball, 
in a holding position. Nobody runs to him. Nobody makes a run past him. Nobody offers an option. And it just, it just, it's such a weird way of watching a, a sport that could be so beautiful and flowing and open and improvisational to instead watch a team go step to step, face to base. And nobody seems like they, it, it almost doesn't seem like it doesn't matter who the players are because they're all going to do the same actions. Yeah. Well, it, the other thing too is like, it's not just Zardes, it's everywhere. Like you look at Julio, who's having to make these crazy runs out of the back or Danny bringing the ball out of the back. Nobody moves off the ball. And I don't know if that's like, a, I'm scared to do anything, so I'll do nothing, which is not a good place to be. Or if they're just kind of lost or they don't know what to do or everybody's just kind of walking around. But um, it's some, it's a bit of a problem. Josh, you got anything to add here? Um, I was, I was uh, speaking of Ted Lasso uh, takes. It's, it's like the scene where Jamie Tart comes into the, the locker room and he's like, you guys need to stop playing to me. You guys need to play through me, <laughs> um, but it's it's hard to do that when there's no one we're playing to, and and there's nobody even to play through because I mean if if Zardes gets the ball anywhere near midfield, he's going to lose it because he doesn't have the pace to get past defenders. No, I mean he's got maybe one or two bursts a game, and we want him doing that to get on the end of and, a cross or something, right? And and I don't know, and I don't I don't know where Triusi's head is at because. Uh, like he was our star player last year. He's having a lot of fun, constantly having smiles on the pitch. And now he just like, he just looks like begrieved. Like, uh, like he, he's, he's not, he, he hasn't been the same target this year. It's like, Oh, just, it just, just get in the ball. He'll, he'll do something. But even when he gets the ball, he, he, he doesn't have that same level of creativity or confidence. It's, it's like, he doesn't, he doesn't want that responsibility anymore. And then you can go look at someone like Diego he was incredible on set pieces last year and incredible off the wing. And now even he is looking like it, it's just like, everyone looks like they have some sort of reservation as to why they shouldn't do something. And that type of hesitation or lack of flexibility. I don't know if that can be attributed to Wolf's system or if it's just attributed to lack of team chemistry where these guys just flat out don't like playing with each other, which is yeah. a highly likely possibility. Yeah, I mean, maybe we need a collective Roy Kent, uh, Isaac scene to remind them that the game is supposed to be some fucking fun. <laughs> uh, or I, I don't know. We can. The club's rich enough; they can hire. Um, what's his fucking name? Uh, the actor who plays Roy Kent. Can't believe I blanked on this. Um, the club is rich enough; they could hire him to walk over here and give that speech if they wanted to. Um, but let's move forward a little bit because uh, there's another thing I want to touch on towards the end. But uh, stock rising, does anybody have one? My guess is no. Going once, going twice. Okay. Uh, stock falling. Oh no. oh, no. Oh, no. I totally have a stock rising. Stock rising is Davey Arno because everybody who's Wolf out keeps claiming that he's going to be the coach. Yeah. Okay. Um, good point, I guess. Uh Stock rising, uh, other Texas teams. If we're uh, if we're in dysfunction mode, then uh, that's easier for them. Josh, you got a creative one that is absolutely not about anybody on the pitch. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, no, I got nothing. All right, well, fair enough. Yeah, I thought we were all gonna end up with nothing. Um, well, I'll let you go first on uh, on stock falling. Uh, stock falling. 
Um, well, I said Josh Wolf last week, so I can't say that this week. Um, I don't know. I think his stock fell further, but let's go for something different. I uh, Drew's behavior on the pitch really concerned me. Yeah, in, in the second half of that match, um, I was surprised that he got the armband. Period. I think if there's anybody on the pitch that deserves that deserves the armband right now, it's John Gallagher or Brad Stuber. Like um, the team has clearly responded differently with those two guys leading the charge. Um, those are two guys that really don't make excuses. And like, you definitely didn't see Stuber crying when he had four balls go past him in that match. He had plenty of reason to be upset, but he was just like, you know what? We're just going to keep doing it and we're going to let the chips fall. And he's, he's that type of guy. And that's why people love him. Uh, but yeah, like Drew, has some things to, to work through before he deserves that armband again. Cause if, if, if I was the manager on the touchline, it'd be like, dude, like you got some stuff to figure out. Yeah. Like, let's, let's get that figured out first. And then maybe we can talk about this in the future. Yeah. And I don't know if that was like tied in on his contract or something or what um, side note on the stupid thing. I'm going to go take a penalty on him as part of a charity event here <laughs> in like an hour and going up into yesterday. I was like, Oh, I'm going to Penenka this guy. That's going to be great. <laughs> And now I'm like, if I actually do that and it goes in, he might, like, murder me, and I, it would be my fault um, after the way he got hung out to dry yesterday and most of the season, to be fair. So um, we'll, uh, we'll check in and see how that goes um, in the future. But uh, we played so badly, it ruined my Sunday plans. <laughs> uh, Charles, how about you? I'm going to say Radovanovic not necessarily because of what happened on the pitch, but today we learned that he is, uh, his loan is not going to be extended, mm-hmm. um, which is, is worrisome on a few levels. Uh, but it also might be a stock falling on Austin FC as a place that people want to play. Yep. Because for the last like week or two, his wife has been uh, posting on YouTube about how much they hate it here um, and want to move back. Uh, so that might just be like a problem of uh, recruitment in the future. Yeah, I mean, that was going to tie into mine. I'll pick something else. I was going to say the front office um, because of that whole situation. And, you know, we don't – I'll give them, the, give them a little bit of credit here. We don't know if that was like an emergency rental thing where um, we just said, hey, you know, you've been out of favor at your club. Why don't you come play for us? Get your, you know, face out there, and you get you can go back and find another club or something. So this might have always been the plan. But, um, you know, I thought he was good, aside from the mustache, uh, for most of his time here. Uh, yesterday, he had some problems, not all his own fault. But uh, I guess to, to switch it up, I'll go the, uh, you know, whoever's in charge of the strength and conditioning and um, injuries, and I'm sure it's multiple people, but we're getting to the point that I thought even Danny looked a little slow and out of it yesterday, and I think he's overworked, uh, which is a great time for him to get his first international call-ups. Uh, both for him personally and for us as a team, because he's not going to get any rest. Uh, we come back and we have two very difficult games in a row. And um, by the time you know that rolls around, it's going to be 105, and you can't be playing 90 minutes, you know, twice a week in that kind of heat. Um, and I'm a little worried about how this is going to look over the next month before we start League's Cup. But uh, let's let's dive into the Rado thing a little bit. Um, I mean. Did you guys want to see him stay if that was an option? Uh, I mean, I liked him. I always kind of like having the, especially when we were playing the five, having a left footer on the left left side of the three. Um, I like doing that anyways, uh, even at a four. But uh, he seemed to me to kind of be our 
you know, not quite vice men good, but um, very good center back, solid, you know, mostly dependable um, guy played through uh, multiple games, with a separated shoulder. Um, so, you know, I always like whenever we have guys who are, you know, tough, like hockey players who do that, but um, yeah. Yeah. Josh, I'll let you lead off. Uh, did you want to see him stay? Um, yeah, just if, if, if for nothing else in depth at the center back position, because uh, that's just where we're getting murdered right now on the pitch, um, it, especially if we're going to play out of the back as much as we do in the system. Like you got to have you got to have strong people in that position to even have a chance at generating anything on the offensive front. Um, but, you know, I haven't I, I'm not reading into it too much right now. Um, I think based on the way it was announced. Um, and just the, the the response surrounding it, like it 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 just seems completely circumstantial. Like I don't, I'm not going to read into it too much because um, sometimes things are just like business oriented or personal. Mm-hmm. Um, and how that translates to the team continuing to perform or not perform, um, we'll see. But it's 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 nice to have a break to where we can at least see like whether the club's going to make any adjustments and we'll, we'll at least have a feel to see who's going to fill that role. Um, come the 21st. Yeah, I mean, technically his contract with us runs through the end of June, so I'll be curious to see if he plays in those Copa Tejas matches uh, or if, you know, with the shoulder problem, uh, if he just kind of says, you know what, I got somewhere else to sign. I'm not going to risk it. Screw you guys. Wouldn't blame the guy. Um, athletes have done much worse things to um, yeah. clubs that have invested much more in them. Uh, Charles, any thoughts on Rado? Uh, yeah, I actually think there's a lot to read into it. Um, <laughs> I, I think the, the most interesting thing is um, playing for most of the season with three center backs, our center back depth was cur- based on what's currently on the roster. But even if everybody is healthy is Julio, Leo, Rain third, Kippy fourth. And that's the end of the depth chart, as far as I can tell. You can't run a three at back system with only those four center backs. So either it means to me that either Austin's going to bring in somebody else to take up that position or the shift that we've seen in the last two matches of going back to a, a four at the back system is permanent. Um, as far as him as a player, I thought he was good. I thought he, um, I don't think he really fit with like what Josh wanted to do because he tried to always pass the ball forward and, and make very aggressive <laughs> passes. Um, I think he's a very good player. I think he's definitely would be able to help, um, help teams either here or if he's going back to his old team maybe they got a coaching change or you know something else where he'll be in favor again and and you know wish the best best to him but it leaves a lot of questions here as to as to our depth and what's going to what's going to happen in the future yeah and i mean maybe they have some perfect center back signing waiting in the wings right like i don't think there's anything to suggest that but for me this is kind of a wait and see we don't know all the facts surrounding it so um it would have been nice to keep him but uh, it, you know, there's always things going on in the background. We can't necessarily know what it's going to be. Uh, so I'm going to take a prerogative because it's related to that and do my moment of suffering first. And it was uh, when they first started showing him with the shoulder having issues. And it was just kind of a um, last night where it's just like, man, this guy is not fit and he's still doing his best out there. There's no way he's staying here. <laughs> so uh, as soon as I saw that, and I mean, they zoomed in on him having trouble with his shoulder uh, and it looked like he was trying to pop it back in himself uh, several times. And I don't know why they didn't have a member of the training staff come out and do it for him or something, or, you know, at least look at him or something. But 
Um, I kind of knew then that he was not long for this Austin FC world. Uh, Charles, what was your uh, biggest moment of suffering? Uh, my biggest moment of suffering was when Kansas City scored their second goal, because at that moment I knew that Austin, at least this Austin team, wasn't capable of winning, because there's there's just no chance that they're going to put up a third goal in a match. Yeah, I mean, the stats tell us that, so uh, we'll believe it when we see it, right? Uh, Josh, how about you? Uh, just the fact that we're staying on the money with uh, 31 goals in the past 31 matches, uh, the fact that we're just staying in line with that trend just gives me a lot of suffering as a fan who really would like to see a score more. All right, I'll ask you first and then Charles. Our next two matches are home Copa Tejas matches. Do you think we will be above that trend, below that trend, or the same after those two matches? Um, I think we can expect more of the same from what we've seen in the past matches with uh, Frisco and Houston. Okay, Charles? Agreed. I mean, this is not like a short-term trend. This is a trend going back 30-plus matches at this point. It's, it's. I'm sorry, even calling it a trend is wrong. This is just the team. They score yeah. a goal a match on average. Yeah, and uh, so for anybody who's saying, the hey, let's hang on to Wolf and limp into the playoffs, which, by the way, the, uh, the bad thing happened that I've been saying the whole time when we go, oh, well, we're only a win or two away from being in, like, a solid playoff spot. Well, we're only a loss or two from being very close to the bottom, and um, that happened last night. Um, we're out of a playoff spot now, I believe, and um, I think we're down to, like, 10th or 11th, but I'd have to look at the other results. Um, 11th. 11th, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's who we are. So even if we managed to limp into the playoffs, what are we going to do? Score two goals a game or shut everybody out en route to MLS Cup? That's not going to happen. Um, all right. Well, uh, anything else you guys want to add before we get out of here? Silence. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, not much to say about no, that No, I think one. we covered – yeah, I think we covered everything. Yeah. Um, so we appreciate you uh, joining us. Like I said, we're going to – we're going to get out some extra content out that's less depressing or maybe more depressing, just different um, this week and uh, to, to match up with the international break and uh, kind of make up for a little shorter episode today. But uh, as always, uh, on behalf of Charles at the False Nine and uh, Josh here, uh, thanks for suffering with us. Wallace here for Austin Jarrett Stroud. It's Diego for goodness. He has written his name into Austin folklore. They just won't go away. It's impossible. The Bears' season's going to end on a double doink. Altidore squares it. Dempsey's missed it. Donovan has it. From hope, there is glory. 